morning, everybody. And a very, very warm welcome to you all, whether you're here with us in the sanctuary or whether you're watching or listening to us um, online or on the phone line. You're all very welcome. There will be Sunday school this morning, as usual, and there will also be the Thursday morning service at half past ten. Um, you'll see behind me here a display of some of the shoe boxes that have been packed. The shoe boxes will be blessed this morning. Nigel will be doing that later on. And they'll be collected on Wednesday morning to start their long journey to Moldova, which is where they're going this year. The absolutely astounding total of 243 shoe boxes. Isn't that amazing? We're filled by lots and lots of willing helpers. So many, many thanks to all those who helped in any way to get the shoeboxes, to bring the materials along, to, to cover the shoeboxes, to bring the empty shoeboxes. Let's go to the beginning. Bring the empty shoeboxes, get them covered, bring the contents, and then get them all organized, get them filled, and people who donated goods and donated money. It's an absolutely fantastic total. So very well done, and thank you so much to everybody. The Kirk Session meets on Thursday the 10th of November at the new time of 7 o'clock. Please remember, 7 o'clock on Thursday the 10th. And reports and agenda items should be sent to me by Wednesday of this week, please. The craft team meets as usual on Tuesday from 1 o'clock and the channel lunch is on Friday from half past 12 until 2. If anyone from the Church and Community Committee is here, could they please see Andrew briefly at the end of the service? And lastly, but not least, instead of the Christmas coffee and cards, the craft team will have a stall at the craft fair on the Saturday the 12th of November, and that's going to be on in here on Saturday the 12th of November from 10 o'clock until 4 o'clock. And we look forward to lots of people coming along and spending and buying their Christmas presents at that time. It should be a good time of fellowship uh, for everyone. So thank you all for listening. And the magazines will be out at some point this week. And there'll be details of these things in the magazines too. So if you're finding it hard to keep up, then look in the magazine. <laughs> okay. Thank you. Thank you uh, so much, Vivian. Friends, we come before God, and I wonder how you are coming this morning. Are you coming excited? Are you coming downcast? Are you coming disappointed? Are you coming with fear? Are you coming because you just have to come? Are you coming with all your heart? However you are coming, Please close your eyes wherever you are and just I want you to whisper to God who is here this morning. Whisper something to God. Perhaps you want to say to God, Lord, I am afraid. Maybe you are saying, Lord, I'm happy. Maybe you are saying, Lord, I'm lonely. Or perhaps you're saying, Lord, I don't understand. 
with the words of the psalmists. Our hearts are ready, O Lord. Our hearts are ready. We will sing and make melody. We will awaken the dawn. We will give thanks to you, O Lord. Among the peoples, we will sing praises to you among the nations. For your steadfast love is great above the heavens and your faithfulness reaches to the clouds. Amen. We join together as we sing our first hymn of praise, 124 from CH4, Praise to the Lord. seated and I will now invite Vivian to lead us in prayer.
Let us pray. God, our Father, your love is at work in all that you have made. Son of God, in your likeness, we are made new. Holy Spirit, you touch our lives with hope. Receive our worship. Claim us for your service. Set us free to honour you today. Holy God, giver of light and grace, we have sinned against you and against our fellow men and women through ignorance, through weakness, through our own deliberate fault. We have belittled your love and betrayed your trust. We are sorry, we are ashamed, and we repent of all our sins. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, who died for us, forgive us all that is past and lead us out from the darkness to walk as children of light. Jesus died and rose again for you. In humble penitence, accept his pardon and receive his peace. God of Father of our loved God and Father of our loved Je- Lord Jesus Christ, from you alone come everlasting joy and peace. Fill us with joy in your promises and send us out to be bearers of your peace through your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. And now let's continue in the words that Jesus taught his disciples long ago. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Thank you once again, Vivian. I've got a question for, for all of us this morning. Um, just to remind you, we have started to look at the book of Ruth in the Old Testament, which comes after the book of Judges. Um, now, how many of you, or how many of us here present today, uh, have got someone we look up to, or someone we have looked up to? Okay. How many of us have a hero? Someone we say, wow, so-and-so is my hero. All right. Uh, who, who is your hero and, and why? Or is that uh, to say you want to speak, Stuart? <laughs> yes. Nelson Mandela. Nelson Mandela. All right, Nelson Mandela. All right, wow. He's one of my heroes too. I love him. Um, who else? The young ones, do you have someone you look up to or someone you love? Or someone you would say, wow, if I could meet so and so, it would be, who would it be? Hmm. You don't know. All right. Jennifer, who is? someone you look up to. Okay. 
Can you think of? He's just still thinking. Anyone here? All right. Now I want you to imagine if you have someone you look up to, and I want you to imagine you are at school, or maybe you are at church, or you are in any kind of gathering, and that person walks in. Do you shout? Do you say inside? Um, but even further, I want you to imagine you are at a school, and I know D. I was hoping he would have been here by now. D loves Ronaldo. Uh, he's a footballer. He loves Ronaldo, um, and he loves the idea of just getting to meet a footballer. And I must say, uh, praise God, we had a privilege to meet one. Um, when we went a week ago to London and ooh, he could not stop asking questions <laughs> and he went on and on and on what what does it mean to be to be to have home advantage what does it mean to do this what does until I had to say come on just calm down <laughs> now imagine that person walks in the person you look up to and they just say I want to use Nelson Mandela. Nelson Mandela gets there and he says, I want to spend time with you. And he points at you. That person points at you and says, I want to spend the whole day with you. Well, how would you feel? Of course, you'll be happy. Now, in the passage that we are reading today, we are reading Ruth chapter 2. And in Ruth chapter 2, Ruth, who has come all the way from Moabite with her mother-in-law Naomi, uh, gets to be in Bethlehem and as she is there with her mother-in-law, she gets an opportunity to go and look for food. It's almost like scrapping for leftovers. But one of the most amazing things that happened to her, she had every reason to say, you know, she had every reason to look at herself and say, I don't deserve this, I don't deserve this, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't. And she get the most amazing platform or privilege to be actually allowed to do things that she could not have, you know, believed of herself. I don't know if any one of you have been in school and you were beaten. I, I was in, in that era or in that context where they could use a stick or a belt. Um, and there are so many times I, had, I received a, a beating for something that I, I had not done. And there were so many times too when others received a beating when I knew I had done something <laughs> bad. Uh, now, Ruth, in this passage that we read today, she gets to say, I don't deserve this. And I think one of the, one of the pictures that I see there is beautiful. She says, I am a foreigner. I don't deserve goodness. I don't deserve to be treated well. And yet she's treated well. So we will read today in chapter 2, where we get to hear her story. And I want you to pay attention to some of the details that we will hear in this passage. 
but I pray that as our children would go after at the end or towards the end of this hymn we're about to sing, they will enjoy themselves and have fun. Um, let me just pray for our children and those who will be taking care of them today. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you that you are such a loving God. You give us so much we don't deserve. You love us so much when we don't deserve your love. You cover for us so many times. And sometimes you just remove the shame that is written all over us just because of your love. I pray for our children as they go to Sunday school after the song. Be with them. Bless them. Be with them at school. Be with their teachers here at Sunday school and with their parents. All this we pray for and ask in Jesus' name. Amen. We're going to sing, Yet not I, but through Christ in me. my joy my 
Yes, Lord, sometimes we even get to struggle to hear you or to hear your word because of many things that distract us. But we pray, Christ, you unfold and open our eyes. That is, the word is read to us, gracious God. We understand we do not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from your mouth. Make us hungry for this heavenly food, that it may nourish us today in the ways of eternal life. That even as the word is read to us, it liberates us and liberates those we love. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Amen. Ruth chapter 2. We're going to read from verse 1 through to 23. And Moira is going to come and read for us. Naomi had a relative named Boaz, a rich and influential man who belonged to the family of her husband, Elimelech. One day, Ruth said to Naomi, let me go to the fields to gather the corn that the harvest workers leave. I am sure to find someone who will let me work with him. Naomi answered, go ahead, my daughter. So Ruth went out to the fields and walked behind the workers, picking up the corn which they left. It so happened that she was in a field that belonged to Boaz. Some time later, Boaz himself arrived from Bethlehem and greeted the workers. The Lord be with you, he said. The Lord bless you, they answered. Boaz asked the man in charge, who is that young woman? The man answered, she is the foreign girl who came back from Moab with Naomi. She asked me to let her follow the workers and pick up the corn. She has been working since early morning and has just now stopped to rest for a while under the shelter. Then Boaz said to Ruth, let me give you some advice. Don't pick up corn anywhere except in this field. Work with the women here. Watch them to see where they are reaping and stay with them. I have ordered my men not to molest you. And whenever you are thirsty, go and drink from the water jars that they have filled. Ruth bowed down with her face touching the ground and said to Boaz, why should you be so concerned about me? Why should you be so kind to a foreigner? Boaz answered, I have heard about everything that you have done for your mother-in-law since your husband died. I know you left your father and mother and your own country and how you came to live among a people you had never known before. May the Lord reward you for what you have done. May you have a full reward from the Lord God of Israel, to whom you have come for protection. Ruth answered, You are very kind to me, sir. You have made me feel better by speaking gently to me, even though I am not the equal of one of your servants. At mealtime, Boaz said to Ruth, Come and have a piece of bread and dip it in the sauce. So she sat with the workers and Boaz passed some roasted grain to her. She ate until she was satisfied, 
and she still had some food left over. After she had left to go on picking up corn, Boaz ordered the workers, let her pick it up even where the bundles are lying and don't say anything to stop her. Besides that, pull out some corn from the bundles and leave it for her to pick up. So Ruth went on gathering corn in the field until evening. And when she had beaten it out, she found she had nearly 10 kilograms. She took the corn back into town and showed her mother-in-law how much she had gathered. She also gave her the food left over from the meal. Naomi asked her, where did you gather all this? Whose field have you been working in? May God bless the man who took an interest in you. So Ruth told Naomi that she had been working in a field belonging to a man named Boaz. May the Lord bless Boaz, Naomi exclaimed. The Lord always keeps his promises to the living and the dead. And she went on. That man is a close relative of ours, one of those responsible for taking care of us. Then Ruth said, Best of all, he told me to keep picking up corn with his workers until they finish the harvest. Naomi said to Ruth, Yes, my daughter, it will be better for you to work with the women in Boaz's field. You might be molested if you went to someone else's field. So Ruth worked with them and gathered corn until all the barley and wheat had been harvested. And she continued to live with her mother-in-law. Amen. So here this morning, we are introduced once again to Ruth. Last week, we had so much emphasis on Naomi. Now here is Ruth, another woman who knew what it was like to reach rock bottom. Yet she found grace at the feet of her Redeemer. Now, Naomi had heard while in Moab that God had visited his people in, in Bethlehem and God was providing grace and food to them. So at the close of chapter 1, we find Naomi and Ruth returning to Bethlehem. And as they are returning to Bethlehem, it's quite clear that they are both weak, they are poor, and they are hungry. Now for Naomi, she felt condemned, she felt crushed, she felt cursed. But our heart also goes out to Ruth. She is starving together with Naomi. Worse still, she is a Moabite. In case you don't know about the story of the Moabite, we read in the Old Testament that there was a curse upon the Moabites for they were not permitted at all to join with the congregation in Israel. So this is Ruth for us. She's a Moabite, she's a widow. She has absolutely nothing. But the writer of Ruth wants us to know that not all is lost for Ruth. Last Sunday I suggested that the book of Ruth is God's response to the crisis of the royal messianic line. And of course, some commentators would argue that it is also a defense for David's kingship 
Now remember at the end of Judges as well, I say this. There was no king in Israel. And of course, last week I said, so what happens to the promises of God on people, on people, on God's people? And I also emphasize that God would bless Abraham, his descendants, who would be as numerous as the stars. That still stood, and that was still going to stand. And a king would come for his descendants. And last week I said we're going to be joining with this title, The King is Coming. Now despite the picture that we see of Naomi and Ruth's weaknesses, there's something more about them that we read. And I want to draw your attention to how God provides for his people. God provides for his people. He is the redeemer of his people. So we are told in the beginning of chapter 2, we are told that Boaz was a man of strength, a mighty man. His name actually means in him is strength. So he's almost living up to his name. He was a man of Bethlehem, a man of standing, a noble man, a man who had wealth and respect for his workers. He had fields and servants. He was a relative of Alimelech, a near kinsman, so to speak. Now, as the story will develop, we'll also see that Boaz wasn't just a near kinsman, but he was a redeemer kinsman for Naomi and, of course, for Ruth. In Leviticus 25, we read that in Israel, there was a law called the law of kinsman redeemer. So what, how this law worked was this. If a man were to die with no children and his property went into bankruptcy, a brother or near relative could buy back the property in order to keep the family home. Now, you may not have a very close link to this particular law. But where, from, from where I come from, there's, bit, there's a bit of this still happening in Africa. So this man would be expected to marry the widow, to provide children for his brother, so the family line could continue. And this was known as the Leverite marriage. A Levi is a word meaning a husband a husband's brother or a brother-in-law. But there's also more to Boaz because Boaz provides for us a picture as if we see Jesus Christ, our mighty Redeemer, reflected to us through Boaz. You may remember Jesus was born in Bethlehem and he is also a near kinsman in this particular story. If we were to read in Hebrews chapter 2, verse 14 and 15, we read this. Since the the children have flesh and blood, he too shared in their humanity, so that by his death he might destroy him who holds the power of death, that is the devil, and free those who all their lives were held in slavery by their fear of death. 
Now let's get back to the story of Boaz and how he was rich. And of course try to link that to the story of Christ our Redeemer. Through this mighty Redeemer, God provides grace. Now as we continue in chapter 2, we see that through this mighty Redeemer, God provides amazing grace. And perhaps it helps us to re-read once again some of this to get a better, a better picture. In verse 2 we read, And Ruth the Moabitess said to Naomi, Let me go to the fields and pick up leftover grain behind anyone in whose eyes I find favor. Again in verse 10, she bowed down with her face to the ground and she ex exclaimed, why have I found such favor in your eyes that you notice me, a foreigner? Paul writes and he says, for by grace you have been saved through faith and that not of yourselves, it is a gift of God. Now there's a problem here for Ruth why? Because Ruth is a Moabite. And the law states, a Moabite or Ammonite shall not come into the congregation of the Lord. Although the law excludes her, look at this amazing grace that includes her. Even though she's not deserve, deserving at all, yet God lures her to enjoy the grace of God. Now let me pause here and ask you a question. Do you f ever feel like you're not deserving of the grace of God? Do you ever feel like you have sinned too much to deserve the grace of God? Or maybe do you ever feel like I'm too young to enjoy the grace of God? Or the opposite to say I'm too old to enjoy the grace of God? Let alone, maybe we look at ourselves and we say, no, I don't, I'm so poor. I'm too poor to enjoy the grace of God. In Deuteronomy 24, we read this. When you go to harvest your corn, don't cut the corners of the field. Keep them for the stranger, for the fatherless and the widow. And this is how God has designed life to be by rules that would govern people. Now within this provision of grace, when we look at Ruth, people were told that if they dropped anything, they would not need to pick it up. It's for the stranger. What a provision of grace. And what perfect timing it was that the beginning of barley harvest came around the time when Ruth and Naomi returned back to Bethlehem. And we read that Ruth happened to find himself in the field of Boaz. Was this by accident? Was this by coincidence? And I want to suggest emphatically, it's not coincidence. It's not by accident. It's by design by God. God has predestined it to happen this way. 
as if to suggest to suggest that, that those who help you in this life is not by accident it's God ordained and sometimes we need to get that picture as God is sovereign brought Naomi and Ruth to Bethlehem at the beginning of the barley harvest he sovereignly led Ruth to the field of Boaz God was fulfilling his great promise to Abraham the promise of a Messiah the promised seed the coming king and of course we know that Ruth would be an ancestor of the promised Messiah our wonderful Jesus Christ and so God sovereignly leads her to the field of Boaz where God cares for her guides her and provides for her and Boaz arrives in his field and blesses all the people and the workers but something more happens he notices her among this crowd I'm sure this would say a lot about Boaz himself as as the man of the moment could it be that he had so few workers that he was able to understand each and every one of them or to know each one in each one of them in verse 5 we read this <clears throat> Boaz asks the man in charge who is that young woman who is that young woman can you imagine how things are working out here and Boaz is asking and he has noticed this woman this young woman and he gets to say who is she what led him to say this what did he see what was special about this Ruth of course for her look at her for a moment she was saying to herself I am a Moabite and I guess maybe in how she dresses or how she looked there was something of her that could not be hidden about her identity and then the men answered she is the foreigner who came back from Moab, Moab with Naomi do you see how hard it is for the poor Ruth no matter what there is an identity that follows her you know I sometimes try to be very good with language sometimes and sometimes I'm, I try to get there I try to to follow after different dialects and so forth but no matter how much I try no matter how much Glaswegian I can become or west of Scotland I can become there are plenty of times when I just get into a crowd and people ask me where are you from <laughs> I don't know what it is uh, maybe some of you you need to to help me here but I, I, I get this question a lot no matter how much even before I say a word people will ask me where are you from and the other time I had to say I am from Salt Coast <laughs> and and I could see how awkward that was 
But that's, that's the truth. That is the same as this Ruth. She was not able to hide certain things about herself. And there were times when people could just simply say, there is the foreigner. There is the Moabite woman. Her story was open to everyone. But listen to what Boaz said to Ruth. Let me give you advice. Don't gather grain anywhere else except in this field. Work with the women here. Match them to see where they are reaping and stay with them. I have ordered my men not to molest you. And whenever you are thirsty, go and drink from the water jars that they have filled. Do you see how favor works? Here's someone who is constantly saying to herself, I'm a Moabite woman. I'm a widow. I don't deserve much. And there comes Boaz, the Redeemer, gets to say to her, almost to cement her, even her weaknesses about herself when she is constantly doubting herself. And he gets to say to her, do not worry. Follow after them. I have ordered them to do so much. You want water? Go and get water. She's getting to be spoiled. She was not just told that, wait a minute, I want you to get the leftovers. She was going to be given the best. This is how grace locates us. This is how grace works with us. Now remember, Ruth has been under a curse as a Moabite. She was hungry and thirsty. She was so poor, she had nothing. But as she takes refuge under the wings of God, she is brought to the fields of, Moab, of, of Boaz, where her Redeemer notices her, cares for her, loves her. And look at how she responds to grace. Now, I, I don't know about you, but so many times I question myself, maybe because of what I would have experienced, I would be responding that way. But there are so many times when you come to church and you see people who are expressing themselves when, when a song is, is, is on and they're like, they, they can't stand the presence of God. They, they are overwhelmed. Maybe some of them have got a history. Maybe some of them have got something that is going on. So much that when they are given an opportunity to respond to grace, they respond this way. We are, we are told Ruth bowed down with her face touching the ground and said to Boaz, Why? Why should you be so concerned about me? Why should you be so kind to a foreigner like me? Now let me tell you just a glimpse into, I'm going out a bit. One of the painful things to be a foreigner is this. We are in an economic crisis and power and fuel shortages are tight. You know, prices are, are high. And you go and, and say, and you go to the website and they say to you, you are a foreigner. I'm afraid you cannot get so much benefits because you're a foreigner. 
There are times when some of us want to enjoy certain benefits like other people, and we are told to check at the back of our biometrics, and it says, no access to public funds. And sometimes it's so hurting. Sometimes it's so painful. You feel like you are alone. You feel like it's too much. And yet, for Ruth, she gets to say, why should you be concerned about me? Why should you be so kind to a foreigner like me? Do you get the picture? Do you get the picture of how she gets to express herself this way? Because favor for her in a, and her understanding was this. You can't get certain favors. You can't. Now, do you see why some people shout for joy in church? Do you see why some people would say, God, you healed me, a widow? You healed me, who don't have much? The one who doesn't even relate so well to their relatives? Someone who is so segregated like me? Lord, why would you be mindful of me? Why would you do so much for me? Why would you give me so much grace? Me, a sinner? Why, Lord? It says because of how much they have received from God. They're saying, Lord, I deserve worse, and you give me the best. I don't deserve anything, and you give me everything. As if I can identify with Ruth as she is singing with the psalmist who says, God is our refuge and strength and ever-present help in trouble. Therefore, we would not fear, though the earth give way and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam and the mountains quake with their surging cellar. There is a river whose streams made glad the city of God, the holy place where the holy most high God dwells. And God is within her. She will not fall. God will help her at break of day. At the break of day, Ruth entered the fields of abounding grace and mercy and love. Here she founds a redeemer. Boaz tells her not to, to leave this field. His grace is sufficient for her. Now, when Ruth returned home that night, Naomi poses the question, where did you glean today? And Ruth could testify to the grace of God. God had led her. God had guided her. God had cared for her. God had opened up the path of life for her. She gleaned in the field of her master. She denied, she, she dined at the table of the Redeemer. God provided not just daily bread, but abundance of bread for her. And she could say with the Apostle John, from the fullness of grace, I have received the blessing after blessing. She could say with Paul, and my God has met all my needs according to his glorious riches in Christ Jesus. And so the chapter closes with Naomi giving thanks to God for his marvelous grace and provision. And I want you to, I want you to, to hear this with me. Now this is Naomi. 
She rejoices and blesses Boaz, their, their redeemer. But here, here is what she says. May the Lord bless Boaz, Naomi exclaimed. Now, this doesn't make sense to me. Especially in view of chapter 1, where she, Naomi, was saying, call me Mara. This doesn't make sense. She says, the Lord always keeps his promises to the living and the dead. Do you hear that? God always keeps his promises to the living and the dead. God always keeps his promises to those of us who are alive and even to those who are dead. Do you hear me? Now, do you see how God empowers the weak to praise with confidence? Do you see how God redeems his, his own? Naomi speaking and praising like this, for her to get to say, the woman who could not say not long ago, who could not say, call me Naomi, who could say, call me Mara, because God has not been good to me for that woman to praise God the same way like this. It means grace is amazing. And then she encourages Ruth to follow the young woman of Boaz and not to go to any other field. This morning, we are invited to shelter under the wings of our Redeemer, the King to glean in his fields of grace, to glean in his fields of mercy and love, and to never leave. Will you come this morning and enter his rest? Will you place your trust and your life into the hands of this Redeemer? Let him guide you. Let him protect you. Let him care for you. And let him, according to his amazing grace, overwhelm you and those circumstances that you're facing today. Bring them to the empty cross and just surrender because he's a good, good father. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, we sing together, Jesus, lover of my soul.
want to pray a blessing and you also pray a blessing upon these gifts. You know, we have a God that sees. We have a God that knows. He understands. He, he has seen each and every one of us as we were busy gathering these gifts. Um, he has seen some of you even pecking and, and sorting this out. And nothing is hidden from his face. As if, you know, it's like very relevant to the passage that we were reading uh, this morning. Remember when Boaz said, I've heard. I've heard of how much you've taken care of your mother-in-law. I've heard how much you've left your own parents and people to come with Naomi. And I want to say to you, as we declared a blessing upon these gifts, God sees, God has heard, God has seen, and God sees them even as they go to travel all that long way. Let us pray together. Heavenly Father, you are a loving God, and you are the same yesterday, today, and forever. I pray a special blessing upon these gifts as they get to be used to show and to live as testimony of your presence and of your love, of how much, Lord, we are forever grateful for what you have given us. Bless each and every individual that has been part of this project, that has put a hand in it, that have thought through it, that have provided boxes, that has provided the contents of the boxes, that have people who have taken their time to pray, people that have taken their time to go buy more things, people that have taken their time to, to spare something to, for the love of others. Lord, I pray that you make your face to shine upon these gifts as the young and old use these gifts. May they experience the love of Christ that surpasses all human understanding. Father God, continue to enable us as a congregation and as a community to continue to love and love and love and give and give and give. We give you thanks, almighty God. In Jesus' name, amen. We continue to pray together as we pray for ourselves and others. You have given us so much, O oh God, we pray. We pray for a just and equal sharing of all the earth's resources, and we commit to costly love and service in answer to our prayers. Your kingdom come, your will be done. May the daily bread we enjoy be shared with all in need and all around us and those who are far. God, you know us and you call us by name. You grieve when any of your children suffer. You weep with the sorrows of the world. May we, O oh God, who weep too, find ways to transform our grief and our sorrow into action that bring change. In every darkness, may we bring light. To all who despair, may we find sheds of hope to offer. May we feed the hungry and bind up the brokenhearted. 
shelter the homeless. And may we not cry out to you until we have truly done all that we can for ourselves and others. Prince of Peace, show us the paths to peace, for we have lost the way so badly. We pray for peace in our homes, in our neighborhoods, in our nations, throughout the earth. We pray for your peace. Lord, we pray for those who are not well, who are here. Some who are listening from home. Heavenly Father, you are the healer. And we look to your grace for healing. And I pray in the name of Jesus Christ. We are healed by your wounds and your stripes on the cross. Father God, your blood has paid for it and redeems us. I pray for those who are in hospital. Lord Almighty, I pray that, Lord, you reach out to your people right now. I think of many who are in hospital, but I bring to you few, few that come to mind now. I pray for Colin. Lord, you know what's going on there. And you're right there. You are the healer. You are mighty. You are everlasting. Lord, I pray and we bring together as a community and as your people, people who are sitting at home, not well. And Lord, we name them one by one before you this morning. Yes, Lord, you are a healer. Yes, Lord, you do hear us. And yes, Lord, you do answer. And we pray that, Lord, you bring joy to our faces and to our hearts when you have answered our prayers. Not only when you have said no, or when you have said yes, but even if you are to say wait, we pray that you give us the power to wait and the patience to wait. We think of those who have lost their loved ones recently, and we pray that, Almighty God, you bring comfort to them. May you make your face to shine upon them. We bring those who are hurting inside, those who cannot express anything to anyone, who have kept things to themselves. Lord, I pray for your healing hand right now in the name of Jesus Christ. Lord, I pray for those who feel weak and disappointed, that Lord, you mend their hearts and just reach out to them and help each and every one of us to reach out to them. Lord, we pray for those who are seeking, seeking after others, seeking after certain things, seeking after things that you know and they know. Father, I pray that you provide for us. I pray for our, our community of Sodkos and Adrosan. The many challenges that we face, the news that we hear, 
some devastating news, some encouraging news, some encouraging things happening around us. Lord, we pray, we bring all this to you. Lord, we pray for this week ahead of us, the things that we still to do, the things that we can do, the things that we wish to do. May you, almighty Father, just make your face to shine upon us. Be with us, O oh God, because you're good. Your love endures forever. You are the good, good Father. We are loved by you. That's who we are. Lord, as we leave this place, we, we pray that you touch each and every one of us, that we live with a sense of joy because we have a Redeemer that lives. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Our closing hymn is a reminder. It is a reminder of the friend we have in Jesus. What a friend we have in Jesus.
Naomi said to, to Ruth, the Lord always keeps his promises to the living and to the dead. May you remember that. May you hold on to that this week. May the blessing of God the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit be with you all today and all the days to come. Amen. Thank you.